Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave. Hello, welcome to the EFL and Below show with the Football Man Cave. This is your look at all the action that doesn't come from the Etihad or Old Trafford in the Greater Manchester area. My name's Niall McCorn from the Manchester Football Social and from the Football Man Cave we've got Ian Foran as always. Hello mate. Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm good. You, you seem to be a little bit worse for wear today though. Yeah, and it's not beer infused either this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not beer infused for once. Aaron, uh, I don't think you're beer fueled tonight either. Absolutely not beer Fueled. What did you say? Bearing fuel, bearing fused. Bit of both. Bit of both. No, I'm definitely the opposite of that. You're How are op- you? I'm fine, mate. I'm good. I'm looking forward to today's podcast because there's loads on the agenda as always. We're going to be chatting about Stockport County, of course, that FA Trophy semi-final against AFC Fylde, which unfortunately they were edged out in right at the death. Heartbreaking, gutting for Stockport supporters who felt that the trip to the arch might well have been on the horizon, although they are still going great guns in the National League North. And talking to the National League North, we'll also be casting our eye across the action there from our Greater Manchester teams, Curzon and FC United engaged in a nice local Greater Manchester derby the weekend just gone. Bolton Wanderers might finally have a new owner by the time this actually gets released we could actually see Bolton under new ownership so we'll be glossing across that and discussing that as well as Rochdale win a game in that 12 team relegation shake-up in League One. That's unbelievable isn't it guys that 12 team shake-up. I feel like it's the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a, it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. Oh yeah, your analogy of a sandwich last week. It's my analogy week. of a league one. Um, and one thing that's been getting my goat this week. There's always something, isn't it? That's one winding always. me up. Always something. It's the manager and player and team of the season vote that happens in the EFL without fail in March every season. Why March? There's still a month and a bit of the season to go. It's just so oh. premature. It's unreal. Oh, don't get me started. Anyway, why not begin and kick things off with what happened over? Over at Edgeley Park in the FA Trophy semi-final between Stockport and AFC Fylde. Obviously an exciting game, an exciting one for the supporters to get their teeth stuck into. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be for Stockport in the end, but it was a cracking game. One hell of a game. I know Stockport on the uh, the losing end, unfortunately, but 3-2, last-minute goals, late equalisers. It yeah, seemed well. a really exciting affair, didn't it? It did. Obviously, we were following it on Twitter because um, we're at the Curzon match. And um, I seen them one nil up, and I thought, hey, obviously it's just a one-off game, weren't it? As such, it's whoever wins obviously went through, and it weren't until after I seen three two and looked at sort of times of the scores. I thought, what a match, what a match to be in. Obviously, not the best result, and obviously like the aftermath is 
has rumbled on for, for quite a few days, but the, the actual match looked absolutely brilliant. 3-2, last-minute defeat for Stockport. But they can hold their heads high, Aaron, they because they, they, they've played against a higher opposition. They've taken it to the wire, and this is football. Things like this happen. It's gutting, and I totally agree and see where Stockport fans are coming from, but they can be proud of their efforts in the competition. Yeah, they can be proud of their efforts. I feel like, I agree with you, by the way, now, it, it feels, feels, you know, it's even itself out a bit. You don't have luck throughout the season. That's what we've been saying, you know. It was going to, they were going to lose a game, uh, the trouble or the how well they've been doing it couldn't last forever till the end of the season and it's probably just you know the way it goes in football I think you've got to look from a neutral point of view what a fantastic game it was game it was end-to-end last-minute winner for Fylde Stockport having pulled it back to 2-2 mm. and I think what I'm interested in personally is it's a great advert for the FA Trophy mm. and that in the final obviously we'd have all loved to have seen Stockport being in it but having Fylde uh, having Fylde and Leighton Orient in it makes for a really good final late in Orient, ex-football league club, Stockport ex-football league club, get into the semi-final. And for a National League North club to make the semi-final as Stockport are, it just shows the strength and depth that exists in these lower leagues. And does it also show, Ian, that they're actually within touching distance of the quality of sides in the National League? Because AFC filed are going great guns in the National League. And, uh, you know, they've gone toe-to-toe with them, not over one leg but two legs you know and they've only been edged out in the end it's been close it's not like they've been blown out of the water by opposition a division above them no and they've, and they've beat previous uh, national league teams as well on the way so we've said it throughout the podcast they are i think they are ready as a squad to to make the move up to national league hopefully they, they can do it via the promotion um and i think they deserve it with the turn of form that they've done but yeah that i think that'll just give them renewed confidence that what we can mix it with these these type of guys obviously think Stockport would be a case of let's just consolidate that first mm. year mm. but they'll have these experiences of we can actually mix with this squad obviously they're going to add to the squad as they go up so it could be a better squad but yeah I, th- I think they'll I think they're going to do well why not talk to someone that knows his onions regarding Stockport County Football Club Chris Ridgeway Chris is a commentator for Stockport County and commentator or not professional or not Chris it must have been absolutely heartbreaking to concede so late in a game where Stockport was so valiant and to be so close to Wembley and have it taken away from you, it must be really gutting. It was. It was only a, a minute or so before, maybe not even that, that Ash Palmer had uh, made the tie level again. So we we just started to believe again. You know, you just started to think it was happening and you, in your head you're running through, uh, you know, what your day in the capital is going to be like. And um, yeah, it's a cruel blow, but... It's football, and we'd have a, we, you know, we'd have loved it if it was the other way around. So we can't complain too much. Yeah, we were just discussing there beforehand about how does this, in a way, even though it's devastating to lose in that fashion, does this, in a way, display that Stockport are ready to take the step up? Should they get promoted from the National League North this season, they are able to compete with the sides in the National League. Of course, filed a division above and, and doing well in their league. So it just proves that Stockport can still go toe-to-toe with these types of opposition. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. The county have displayed this throughout the season. Um, You know, okay, we lost at Barnet, but that was a really, really close game against a a depleted county side in many ways. But you look at the other games like Yeovil and Maidstone, uh, the county have gone and they've they've actually taken a result away from home against higher level opposition, like you say, uh, Harrogate being another one there up in the, the playoffs as well with filed in that national league, which is a competitive national league. No, you know, the name of the show is EFL and below, and it's you look at the below and it's it's almost the same standard now. It's, there's not a lot between uh, 
um, the leagues one and two and the national, and you could argue now the national north as well. County have had a number of players over recent years, Danny Lloyd, Jason Oswell, Jimmy Ball, who've gone on to play in, in the Football League uh, from the National League North. They've made that jump and it's a testament to Jim Gannon and his squad. And I think they, they've shown, like you say, you, you're right to say, by going to Fylde and getting a draw and then narrowly being beaten at home to them, they've shown that they, they, they're they not just going to be there you know, fighting relegation. They, they can hang in that division. I think it should County achieve promotion this season I think next season they'll be looking to kick on immediately of course we can't discuss the semi-final Edgeley Park without touching upon what happened at the end there when Fylde did score their winner Uh, a couple of fans spilled onto the pitch only a few weeks on from what we saw in the championship with Jack Grealish getting attacked from behind in the second City derby we we have to come on the show and condemn those supporters that ran onto the pitch it's shocking from them to be perfectly honest but I'm sure they'll be dealt with and reprimanded in, in the proper way what was the most concerning thing is what came out in a national newspaper shortly after the game saying that some angry Stockport fans made their way down the tunnel and somehow into the AFC filed dressing room. So can you shed any light on that, being obviously a part of the club as you are? Yeah, so uh, just to start from the beginning, I think to refer to the, the people that got on the pitch as football fans is is probably inaccurate. I mean, we've, we've said this about the, the Jack Grealish thing was a whole other level and that was a horrible incident to see you know as a, as a as an athlete who competes the last thing you want to be thinking about is watching your back or over your shoulder in case somebody comes on so those fans who ran on the pitch I don't think they are first and foremost I don't think they're football fans I think they're they're people of a mindset who like to go out maybe have a few drinks or whatever um, they they get up to in the spare time and I think they just like to be part of a heated environment uh, and they see football as a way to to, to kind of enjoy that they then spill onto the pitch, it takes it out of context. That's not a football environment all of a sudden. And I think they need to probably look for other pastimes rather than going to football matches. Um, luckily, it was it was dealt with swiftly. They were taken off the pitch and we, we you know, we did, we, we're nowhere near seeing the kind of scenes that we saw at Aston Villa Birmingham just a few weeks ago. Mm. With regards to the, the fan getting into the, the dressing room, being back, being back in that area as it happened, I, I saw for myself that, that no fan got into that. Um, area of the ground. I'm loath to say too much because I know the club have released a statement about it and they've addressed it, saying that it's it wasn't true. Um, I, I believe that um, the the chap who wrote the article has come out and said on Twitter that the headline is misleading and it wasn't him that, that wrote that headline. So I think a bit of a storm in a teacup with regards to the um, the dressing room altercation. But we can't overlook the fans getting on the pitch. I think that was the real issue of the day. Um, the club have said it's lifetime bans. Should they find out who the two people are, I think they probably they probably have already found out if whether they, they've dis- disclosed that or not. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, that that it's got to be stamped out at all levels of football, and it wasn't nice to, nice to see. It, it's it's hard enough to take the last minute winner, and to you yeah. know to be let down by a couple of fans like that is um is not nice to see. And hopefully, the more press attention the situation fans are in as a whole gets. Hopefully we'll see it stamped out uh, quicker, the sooner the better. Uh, hi Chris, I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, well, touching on the game originally, um, what I wanted to say is, um, for it was a re- obviously the game was fantastic in terms from a neutral's point of view. Uh, the FA Trophy as a spectacle, this must have been a great game. And in terms of for how you can promote the FA Trophy in a positive way. Yeah, it's been quite eye-opening. You know, obviously being... It's hard to speak about county's history and not try and sound like you're trying to big up your own ego in many ways. 
come into the, the non-league scene. When County were relegated to the non-league scene a few years ago, it was, it was a whole new world and there was a lot of fans thinking, we'll just walk it and, and get straight back out of it. I was probably guilty of that myself at one point. You get in there now and you see the competitive level and you know the, the lengths that, that some of the clubs go to to get everything right, full-time, part-time clubs, really competing with league clubs. And then the FA Trophy kind of mm. uh, culminates that feeling, if you like, of... Um, knowing that you can compete with the teams, you know, we mentioned a few moments ago, the teams at the top end of the of the conference or the the, the, um, the National League, as it's called now, the, the teams at the top of the National League are as good as some of the League One and League Two clubs. So the fact that you're able to hang with them and the fact that they're now getting exposure on television or, you know, they're getting more press coverage and radio coverage, etc., it's, um, it's a great advert for lower league um, football. And I think... Now we've got a younger generation of kids growing up playing football again. They see in non-league as not just this um, pit, if you like, where you end up if you're not quite good enough. It's actually quite a competitive arena. Mm. Um, and it's great to see that the standards of football there are so high. And like you, you, know, like you say a moment ago, it's, it's a great advert for the game. And um, it's, it's something that we really enjoyed watching and, and seeing County go through the gears in. Hey, Chris, it's uh, Ian here. Obviously, Stockport they had a cracking run to the semi-final. But in terms of the league, what what's different this season from your point of view? What what's the difference? Well, there's an old cliche uh, around Stockport County fans about Jim Gannon teams coming good after Christmas, and if you look at his record, that's usually the case. Adding to that, the last couple of years we've had players like Danny Lloyd, Jason Oswell, Jimmy Paul, Lewis Montrose, who've gone on to play at higher levels. Um, and you, you mix those two things together and you think it probably takes Jim a while to get his, his philosophy into players. I think a lot of them, they have to raise the game when they work with a man who's obviously gone on and achieved so much in his his own professional playing and managing, management career. But then you look at the star players in this season, whereas players like Matty Warburton and Frank Mulhern, you would argue, have, have risen to the top. They've got the goals to back that up. There wasn't any star players, if you like, in the squad. There was none. So he's gone for a real team. And at the start of the season, Jim was saying that this is probably the best all-round team he's had since coming back here in this spell. Uh, and a couple of fans, myself included, kind of raised their eyebrows at that and think, really, you've not got... You've not got Danny Lloyd anymore. You've not got... This is your... OK. And I think he's used that as a mentality to, to really bring everyone together. And all of a sudden, there's a few players there that have been there for a number of years. So this cliche about after Christmas, well, maybe it's just more time working with the gaffer in general and understanding his ideas and how he works and how he operates uh, and his whole mentality towards the game. That's now embedded in some of these players for 18 months, two years. Plus the fact that they're a team, they're not relying on one man to drag them out of certain situations. Everybody's got to play a key part. And I think that's probably what's contributed to it. You look at the, the fan situation that you can't ignore, the huge gates that we're having mm. at the moment. That's because of this great relationship with the players. Um, and I think that's another thing that's helping. It's the, the players want to be there. They want to be a part of... 6,000 plus gates every week. They want to be, you know, the hundreds of fans asking for pictures and autographs and, and everything else, videos and, and everything. They, they want to be a part of that. So to do that, they all raise the game. And there's, a, there's almost a community in there. Jim Gannon told me when he came back to the club, he didn't just want to build a team. He wanted to build a club. He wanted to build an ethos around the place. And he's doing that. And it, we're now seeing the fruits of it. Last season, we got to the playoffs. Mm. Season before, we just missed out. Every season... 
the, the club as a whole improve and move up to that next level. And I think yeah. um, this is the next logical step for us. OK, on that basis then, Chris, and it's been great to chat to you, by the way, but just as a final question, on that basis, put your Stockport County supporter hat on. Do you fancy County to dislodge Chorley at the top, as we were discussing earlier? Do you fancy them to go on and get promotion as league champions of the National League North? I know sometimes I have a tendency to overrun on answers, but this is a really easy one. It's one word, yes. Absolutely fancy. We love it. Well, hopefully the next time we catch up with you, Chris, it will be Stockport as champions. But it's been great to chat to you, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. Chris. That was Chris Ridgway, the Stockport County commentator, joining us here on the EFL and Below show. And if you want us to discuss something on the show, all you need to do is use the hashtag EFL Below on Twitter or send us a tweet at MCR Footy Social. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well and leave us a nice little review. That will mean a lot to us but this is the EFL and Below show with me Niall McCorm we've got Ian Foran and Aaron Benson from the Football Man Cave here in the studio with us and while we're on the topic of the National League North why not discuss what happened last Saturday me and Ian we uh, made a little excursion to uh, Curzon Ashton didn't we for yeah. the Follow FC versus Infinity Initiatives game which is of course is a charity game Follow FC standing for Four Hour Lost Little Ones you can find them on Twitter F-O-L-L-O underscore FC so Follow FC it's a great course set up by Dad's to help them deal with the loss of their children through the means of football. Uh, you can check out the Manchester Football Social podcast as well. Go and subscribe to that for loads more coverage on Follow and our Twitter handle, which is at MCR Footy Social, for more on Follow. It was a great day for that reason, but also it was a great day for Curzon Ashton because after the charity game, we took in Curzon against FC United, a nice little Greater Manchester derby, yeah. and Curzon came out on top, didn't they? Yeah, good match as well. Good match to watch. I think FC United... Started brightly. First 10, 15 minutes, I think they had them. If they scored one goal, a well taken goal. And I think if they got another goal at that point, it would have been a lot more difficult for Curzon. But the, the the theme with FC this season seems to be to run out of steam quite mm. quick. Well, they scored first, didn't they, yeah. FC United? They scored first, and f- I didn't think it was against the run of play, but I, I sort of picked out we were watching, weren't we, in the stands? Yeah. I, I didn't think their back four looked particularly strong in terms of the shape that they were playing. I thought that they could get caught out quite easily. But when they were in the lead, you could see they had a bit of impetus yeah. and, and, and you could see that they were in the ascendancy. But as soon as they conceded that first goal to bring it back to 1-1, heads just went, the it? heads dropped. Yeah. This is a habit for FC United and I think I, I, I can't see them staying up, which is sad no. to say, but I think they're gone. I think, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's one of the results when if Curzon would have beat Geisley and FC would have kept that 3-1 lead, or at least a 3-2 lead, they're within, they're within one point, two points of, of safety. As it happens, obviously, guys will score. FC can see two late goals as such. And then it, it, it's five points clear. Guys have got a game in hand. And it's just look, looking more and more like the writing's on the wall for, for FC, which is disappointing. Uh, do you think, uh, Niall and Ian, due to the fact you said in about uh, FC United running out of steam, for me, uh, and Niall, also you mentioned terms like the defensive shape of the team, do you think basically that is the reason they're down there at the bottom of the league? They can't yeah, hold 100%. leads? terms of they've got no defensive shape from what it sounds like from where I'm sitting in terms of as a back, as a back seat in the, on the subject it's not it's not never click 36 games in they've never blended as a team I think I think when Neil Reynolds took over and they, they started well under mm. him and I thought oh here we go like here's the the new manager bounce as such and it'll kick on from here but I don't know I think it's just the same problems have kicked in over and over again obviously that last 20-30 minutes obviously it was a little bit earlier this time round yeah. but they, they just seem to fade off might be a fitness issue might just be a mentality issue we don't know but it just seems like 
it's a recurring theme, and it's obviously that's where the end of there've been there've been opportunities where they could have took the opportunity to get closer to safety, but when other teams have lost around them, they've not been able to do that, and it's no. it's. It must have been frustrating for FC United fans. They've been better, though, Aaron, to be fair. I mean, they've drawn, yeah. I think, three of the last five. They've won one of those games. The only loss in the last five was to, to Curzon Ashton. Um, obviously, the draw with York City midweek. But they were in the lead, and they let their lead slip. But if you look at the goal difference, we know Nuneaton are gone. 16 points, minus 49. Ashton, unfortunately, I think they're gone as well, minus 41. Minus 25. But if you look at that, the next team above them in the in the table, Geisley, of minus 11. Yeah. That's, that's a 14-goal that's a swing. Mm. that's that's a concern I mean it's it's obviously something mentally as well because as we've seen we've seen them take the lead we've seen them go in front against York against Curzon and then they've been they've paid back again and that's the, that's been their issue I think there's a yeah. mental problem there as well as defensively obviously they need to sort their problems out but unfortunately I think we might lose two greater Manchester teams from the National League North this season I was going to say what if we're effectively saying for FC and Ashton the writings on the wall what's the next step now if you're in their club, are you preparing for next season yeah. in, in what will be League 7? And is there a reason for the FC and Ashton fans listening in, can we be reasons to be optimistic for next season and trying to get back into the National League now? I think for Ashton, I think it's just a huge amount of turnover of players that I've seen. Yes. Like, I, I see like they're either letting players go or signing players. Obviously, that's the kind of thing in National League North, but it's it seems to be such a turnover that they haven't got a settled squad. FC United, I just don't think they've clicked this season. They've they've done well um, in previous seasons. They've they've competed with some decent teams, but every, every team, especially at sort of that level, is going to take that sort of hit. I mean, you, you you can write off Ashton and FC now. I mean, there's only five points between FC and Geisley, and apart from the win uh, last time out for Geisley, they've been they've been sliding, uh, yeah. loss after loss after loss. The same as Ashton, FC United have, have, have picked up. I mean, things can so easily turn around, but I mean, you look at the other teams, Leamington, Darlington, Hereford, they're all on 40 points and above. Yeah, gone, so they? I think if there's any team, it's only one. I mean, both of them won't be able to get out of it. It's either one or the other. If that happens, yeah. we'll have to wait and see, of course, whether that does happen. If you're a fan of any of the clubs in the Greater Manchester Borough, whether that's in the Championship, League One, League Two, or in the non-league, of course, get involved with the show. It's at MCR Footy Social on Twitter. Use the hashtag EFL below. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. It will be uh, great to have you on board here on the EFL and Below show. But we've got loads more to talk about in the podcast, not to mention a potential takeover at Bolton. Feels like we've been talking about that for weeks. Definitely. <laughs> Every week, maybe this week, is slightly different. Rochdale, of course, back to winning ways. And manager, player, team of the season. Why, oh, why is it announced so early? Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave. Welcome back to the EFL and Below show right here from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. My name is Niall McCorn. Alongside me in the studio from the Football Man Cave, we've got Ian Foran. I think it looks like you just stubbed your toe there, mate. <laughs> A little bit. Midway through the intro. <laughs> you know, always professional on this show. Always. Mate. Always professional. Aaron Benson's always professional. Hello, Aaron. Oh, thanks, Now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. You? I'm fine. I'm looking forward to talking about what we've got coming up in this next section of the podcast course we're going to talk about Rochdale and their win in what was a crazy 12 team league one relegation battle which we discussed on last week's show which of course you can get if you subscribe to the podcast we're also going to be talking about Bolton Wanderers which is what I want to talk about right now because we spoke about Ken Anderson last week at at quite considerable length we spoke about his issues with running the club the supporters issues with Ken Anderson and the fact it's all a bit of a mess it went to high court of course that date it's April the 3rd. The court case was adjourned for two weeks. So Bolton know that they have a date with Destiny again on April the 3rd. But according to Ken Anderson, completion of a deal for the club may come a lot sooner than a lot of people think. Apparently, he's told staff that the deal to take over the club is imminent. It's yeah. getting closer. For me, it's very much a case of it's good to keep the fans updated. But I mean, it's just the same old, isn't it? We, yeah. just, we just want it to happen now. It just That's needs it. to happen. It's a case of maybe just just tells when it's done. Do you yeah. not stop like fishing basically stop just baiting people out and going it's nearly there it's nearly there and then if it doesn't happen it, it looks a fool once again so i don't know it, it, i think it should just be quiet and then obviously i know bottom fans want to know what's going on and what keeping their loop but if this doesn't happen the next say 40 hours or 24 hours or whatever it is then it's a case of then right well, well what next is he going to come out and say something else or is he just trying to provoke is he trying to trying to get a buyer do you know what i mean he's trying to like push that final little bit Look, we've nearly got a buyer, so the buyer's then pushed up a little bit, going, right, OK, we need to get this deal done. Because obviously his, his back's against the wall now. If we've got a possible shot, which looks very likely, of a new ownership, hopefully in the next couple of days, by the end of the weekend, it does feel, as you spot on, Ian, just want it done. Yeah. You know, because we, we, we're sick of talking about yeah. it. We're all... <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. And everyone's in it the It just makes of... me angry every week, and I'm <laughs> angry enough as a person as it is. <laughs> it's like Ken Anderson's just, you know... <laughs> Ken Anderson's just, you know, holding a stick out to us, you know, have a have a bit of this or have a look have a looking at this and chat about this, but he just I feel like there's maybe not learning from the mistakes. Okay, or this, just repeating the going through the same cycle. Yeah, for me, it seems a little bit of I don't want to use the word propaganda, that's wrong. <laughs> but it seems to me that we this has been recorded on a Wednesday, as yeah. the, the day the news has come out. Payday is Friday. So he's saying that a deal should be completed within two days. Payday's Friday. Is he waiting is for the buyer to get his wages? Is he just saying that because he doesn't have to, so he doesn't have to pay the staff's wages again? Yeah, yeah. To no me, that's what. To me, to me, yeah. that's what. That's what it looks like. Yeah, and and they'll sort of. That's a good point. That he's coming out and saying, "Oh, it'll be sorted by then." And if it's not, it doesn't look so bad when he doesn't pay them again. Yeah, he'd um, perhaps he's not as stupid as we think, Ken Anderson. Maybe there's definitely a plan. You know, just. Give it to the new owner and say, by the way, all the staff and players' wages are due. That's your first job. 
and um, it probably makes sense in terms of from his point of view. But I mean, it's just time for the club to be sold and to move on. It is, but we have no idea who the buyer is. We no. have no. I mean, the previous buyer was that Football Ventures consortium, uh, the Cheshire-based uh, consortium led by Parminder Basran. That deal fell through, which resulted in Bolton's date at the High Court. But we don't know who the who the new ownership party consortium person might be. That's a concern for me. Yeah, and, and especially like we said last week. There's such a quick turnaround in you have to find a buyer, you have to check him out, blah, blah, blah. Why is there not Why is there not a bit of clarity in it and just saying, look, it's this guy or it's this company or a little pointer towards it just to sort of say, for me, there's somebody interested. It could it could just be absolute rubbish. It could be nothing. could be no one. If you put a name to it, then right, okay, wheels are turning. But if you're just going to come out and, and just release statements and... Most people think he's um, crying wolf. If you're involved within the club and you're a big part, you're in the inside, you're a player, you're in the staff, you're a, a steward, doesn't know whether he's going to be working on a match day and um, it just becomes confusing and you're just like on a carousel, aren't you? And can we really take what Ken Anderson's saying on this issue seriously because looking over the past few weeks, you'd have to say, no, we can't. No. Okay, that'll do for Bolton for now. Definitely. I'm quite frankly fed up, sick to the back teeth for talking about the man. I think he's give, been given far too much airtime, but he does give us something to talk about in all fairness. Let's hope the next time we record a podcast that there has been a deal completed for the takeover of Bolton Wanderers Football Club. Let's talk about another one of our EFL sides in Greater Manchester. Let's drop down now to League One, where Rochdale managed to beat Scunthorpe by three goals to one. Goals from Aaron Wilbraham at the double and Kokosi Inclair with the most strangely spelt surname in uh, football history which <laughs> is never pronounced anything like uh, how it's written uh, we also had Laura Beth who became one of the UK's first ever female stadium announcers when she announced the game Rochdale against Scunthorpe the Saturday just gone and she was on the Manchester Football Social this week on the Wednesday club so go over to Manchester Football Social that's all you need to search wherever you find your podcasts download the show subscribe to the show and you'll hear an interview with Laura there who really enjoyed her time great for Rochdale to be making waves in that sense as well one of the first female stadium announcers in the UK it's brilliant yeah definitely so and and there's an air of positivity around Rochdale I've noticed and it's crazy obviously new managers come in uh, win draw win they've had the only team to win at weekend as well in that bottom half of the other little battle royale that's going on yeah and it just everything like there's, there's positive news coming out there seems to be like a bit of a good vibe going in, in Rochdale finally and it, obviously it's reflecting onto the pitch and they're what one point of safety now and they've got a game in hand more yeah, importantly. And we said in, in this division with the 12-team shake-up in that bottom half, it could be as simple as string two or three wins together and that might change your season. They've already got one, another two won't do them any harm at all. If they win at the weekend and other results go their way, they could find themselves as high as 16th position, which in League One, as we know, with 24 teams is reasonably clear of danger on the face of things. Obviously, it'll be a lot more difficult than that, Aaron. Yeah, since Keith Hill's gone, um, they've taken seven points from nine, which I'd say is a very respectable total. And it's not just that, you're beating the teams in and around you. That's so so you're, you're improving your club and your chances, but you're also uh, having effect on the team in and around you. So you're affecting not just you or your opposition, but you're affecting three or cl- four clubs around you. And in terms of confidence, what you can do as a player... You know that um, you know if it goes well for you, you increase your chances of survival in the sense that because it's so close and it's a massive, it's a big cluster really of twelve teams uh, fighting for survival in League One, and 
you know, you can look at it so simply as in, we've got a win, we've picked up seven from nine, as we have done under Brian Barry Murphy, which it's fair to say since he's come in, you can't fault him for the job he's done. And you're having, it can almost be like a psychological, I don't know if that's a fair argument. Yeah, obviously, as soon as you start winning, that mentality changes. Obviously, they've been yeah. they've been losing, they've been losing heavily as well over January, February time. A couple of wins are unbeaten in three. Suddenly, there's a completely different feeling training, different feeling the fans. It just it just exudes good vibes. Yeah, and when we spoke about Paul Scholes going into Oldham, I said to you, Aaron, I said, I don't think Paul Scholes is the manager type, and 31 days later, he's walked. When we talked about Rochdale sacking Keith Hill, I thought it was an incredible decision, an incredibly brave decision, and I said, I don't think Brian Barry Murphy would be the, not the right choice. I don't want to disrespect the man, but I thought that it would have been better for Rochdale to bring someone in who could just go in there and do the job straight away. So it might be 1-1 in the who gets the managerial decisions wrong <laughs> on the podcast stakes. He's done well, Brian Barry Murphy, and I'll hold my hands up and say maybe I was wrong about the man. It's only been seven points from nine, as you say, but still, he's done a good job so far. Yeah, uh, and two of them were at home, weren't they? Shrewsbury and Scunthorpe. Uh, Sh- all three were at home. Calvis, Accrington, Stanley uh, was postponed. They've got Gillingham away on uh, Saturday, and these are the teams in and around... And you've just literally got to pick up points how you do it. It doesn't really matter. Somehow mm. you've just got to keep putting points on the board to add to the tally to keep you up. Uh, for Brian Barry Murphy to go in, his job was very simple. Do whatever you can to survive. And it's not... I think when you can look at the table and into the teams around, as I've said last week, the gap in quality isn't huge. I think it'd be... I'm not saying it's an easy... I'm not saying for one minute it's been an easy job for, for BBM because it definitely hasn't. But... I think it's possibly made easier in the fact that, you know, with just one or two wins, you know, you can make huge strides for survival. It's not like, say, Ashton and uh, FC United in the National League North, and they've got to make lots of huge strides. If Brian Barry Murphy goes on a run now, from now to the end of the season, keeps Rochdale up and easily keeps them up, loses maybe one or two, does that put him in the frame for a managerial job next season? Or do you still, still feel that they need somebody in. I if they stay up. Yeah, I'm saying to say if he if if he keeps them up, they obviously they took seven from nine, but inevitably I think they'll lose one or two. What's their expectations though, Ian? We've discussed this on yeah. the podcast before. I mean this we don't want to disrespect any of our local teams, but Rochdale, as we've said on the podcast before, have only ever played in League One or League Two. Um, and obviously they'll have dreams and ambitions of, of reaching the championship, whether financially, infrastructure-wise, whether they'll be able to do that, I'm not so sure. Um, but, I mean, what's what's the aim for Rochdale? I mean, you don't want to be a team stagnating around no. mid-table, do you? You want to be either at the top end or in the thick of it. You want to be doing something. If it depends what their targets are for next season. If they stay up, surely the aim would be to stay up again. If he if he gets them playing and, and playing well and they're winning, then would it be a case of this guy's doing all right, let's stick with him and see where we go? Or did they bring somebody with experience in and push on? I would, looking at the fixtures, talking about games they could possibly lose to, Sunderland and Portsmouth, I think... It's a tough week that week, I would literally... I honestly would just probably chalk them off. Yeah. Because in between that, <laughs> you have... Gonna, they're going to win both now, you said. They're going to win know? both, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I'm not coming in I'm after that, Nile. Uh, <laughs> I'm not coming in if they Rochdale beat Portsmouth, God forbid. But in between that, they have uh, Accrington away, the rearranged game. 
And if you're looking at how Brian, Mer Brian Barry Murphy has done, you've got to look at the Scunthorpe one, the Oxford one, the Shrewsbury one, the Accrington, the teams in and around you, I think. And obviously, from what from what we can see, we talked about the problems they had defensively under Hill, conceding goals left, right and centre, uh, very easy to beat. That looks as if, you know, there's been a bit of change around. They've tightened up at the back. But like you say, if they do go and beat Sunderland and Portsmouth by miracle or whatever it might be I mean they're very capable Rochdale of doing it they ran Portsmouth very close in the FA Cup earlier this season but if they do go and do it and beat Portsmouth and Sunderland and then they end up losing like you say to two teams around them in the table it's pointless I mean, you've you've got you've got to focus on the games that are yeah. more important, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I like you saying it's never nice to write a game off and say, "Well, there's no chance there," because there's always a chance. It's football, after all. Yeah. But if they say they say they do go and take three points off of Portsmouth and then go and lose to Gillingham or whatever, you know, hypothetically, that's pointless, really, because you want to be winning those tight games. They're the games you want to be picking up points in. Then, if you pick up points against a team like Portsmouth or Sunderland, it's a bonus yeah, almost. It is, and I say usually. I remember seeing it years ago on a documentary. It was a case of the manager went through the fixtures, and he was like, "Win, win, win. Chop that one off. We'll lose that one." Like as long as we can get points out of X, Y, and Z games, then we're happy. And you're like, and, and we can we can build on that. So I do think it's like a. When we were saying the other week, it's like a cup final, and it mm. like. Sunderland and Portsmouth, if you play them, you're not really going to play them every single season. So it's a case of we'll just see what we're like against these top teams and see if we can run them in. But more importantly, they have got to win within. Like like last week, they won, everybody else lost. They need that sort of fixtures keep going on. Uh, due to the fact that there's only a matter of points between the teams in and around the bottom, you can almost afford to lose a game. When you're in the rele relegation battle, it feels like a must-not-lose situation. But we've got a bit of an exception this season, haven't we, in League But the players won't be want... The, as Bar Brian Barry Murphy won't want to be giving the players that sort of mentality. No, you won't want no. to be, but there's not that. it's not a disaster if they lose because they don't have to claw a huge amount of a huge, huge amount of points back. Yeah, but if they lose two matches back to back and say everybody... On, back to square one? Yeah, you're four or five points off, off safety again. Like... For me, and I've said it all the way through, said it since since day dot, win everything. Yeah, the lot. Absolutely, you want to win every game, and that's exactly what Barry will be aiming to do between now and the end of the season. But we want to talk about the EFL team of the season in League Two. It's well represented uh, in Greater Manchester. Player from Oldham in there, and a couple of players from Bury in there as well. But the manager, let's talk about him. The manager, the League Two manager of the season, has been voted for by his uh, fellow comrades or his peers, as we should say, in League Two. It's Ryan Lowe uh, of Bury. So well done, well done, well done. congratulations. But my question is, not that he doesn't deserve it, because I'm sure he does, and I'm sure Barry will go on to get promoted. Why, oh why, is this being handed out in the middle of March? Absolutely mind-blowing. It's a joke. Two months before the season ends. It's stupid is what it is. I just don't get it. I don't see why they do the awards and why they're so premature in doing the awards it's so, so early. so premature. Just wait till the end of the season and then put it out then. It's, I don't think it'll make much difference. Well, it will, but I mean, it won't make much difference if you do it now to the end of the month, end of the season. It's sure. a case of the season's gone, so vote on the season then. The, not be the best example the, way through. the best example is from two seasons ago, um, when my club Portsmouth were in League 2. Doncaster were top of the league. Portsmouth were third at the time the awards were handed out. The player of the season went to Doncaster's John Marquis. The manager of the season went to Doncaster Rovers' Darren Ferguson. Doncaster ended up letting a, a considerable points lead at the top slip. They ended up being overtaken by Plymouth and Portsmouth on the final day. So Pompey won the league, 
Paul Cook wasn't awarded manager of the season because the award had already been handed out, yet he somehow managed to mastermind an extremely unbelievable run in the yeah. last seven games to get Portsmouth to the top of the table. Doncaster slipped away. It can be dangerous, and I'm just wondering whether there's a, a slight mental aspect to these awards. Like a complacency. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that, that when... Darren Ferguson was handed that award when John Marcus was handed that award back in 2017 they thought oh job's done yeah, job's we're, done yeah. we're, we're the best team and then you kind of down tools maybe not advertently you kind of do it subconsciously there's a risk of that let's just hope that that thought process doesn't affect Berry. I don't think it will affect Berry in the sense that when we listen to Ryan Lowe speak there's this huge idea of we keep our head down keep focused, we keep working. Don't forget, Ryan Lowe's had three Manager of the Month awards, which has never been seen before. Joe Shea and Danny Mayer have been headline acts. They've been getting all the plaudits and it's never affected them. And coming off the three uh, Manager of the Month awards that Lowe's had, every single time the reaction to him has been in, no, the main award, the main goal, the main award that we want is promotion. Mm. So I, I completely understand that. And you've just used the example of Darren Ferguson. And I can see how it would apply. But we look at how Lowe's reacted to his three awards uh, that he's won this season. And I'm sure it'll be the same with this. Just no eyes on the prize. We've got eight games to go. We're only focused on promotion. I can understand your point and I get it and I agree with it. I also raised an issue in something that I'd wrote discussing the issue on the website and it was basically a case of, say, I don't think it personally will, but say if it did um, all fall down and they didn't get um, promoted, it's not Ryan Lowe's fault, but it does. it's a bit embarrassing for the EFL, isn't it? Because yeah. he's obviously not the manager of the season because there's at least four well, better than him. Well, you made a great point to me before we started recording the podcast. What happens if Sol Campbell keeps mm. Macclesfield Town in the Football League this season? After when he took over, where they are now, and if he got them to stay up, would Sol Campbell not be manager of the season, or at least the contender? I raised that exact issue, yeah, yeah. and I, um, I I totally agree. If you're looking at it now, or as things stand, I think it'd have to go to one of Lowe or Danny Cowley I mean, at if, Lincoln. If... But I totally agree that Macclesfield, they've had troubles in terms of being in the courts. <laughs> First time manager Campbell, look at how skulls has fell. And the same with Neil Ardley, who's the manager of Notts County. If he somehow, by miracle, keeps Notts County in the Football League after everything they've been through this season, he'd surely deserve some sort of award. Or That's an unbelievable achievement. And Danny Cowley, the Cowley brothers at Lincoln, they must be feeling hard done by their eight points clear of Berry. Eight points clear. Why is they? Why have they not been awarded manager of the season? It's a funny one, isn't it? A bit, but it's based on opinion, really, isn't it? What you think? What's the greater? It's achievement? voted by peers, isn't it? Other clubs, other players, other managers. I always feel like, not like disrespecting the the award, but even even during a match when someone says man of the match, they'll give it to the person who scored the most goals. Basically, if yeah. they come on in the scored. And yeah. Betty have been entertaining, so they'll give it the entertainers. When you actually look at Lincoln, they've only lost four all season. Don't mm. like, like say Campbell. At Macclesfield, they could stay up. It's always just given to the people who've entertained. It's it's definitely. I'll chat to someone within Berry, and they said we got given a form middle of March to to do this team of the season, and I think it's still middle of March. It's just I I just can't get my head around it. I think we can all agree it's too soon. Yeah, way I, too soon. Too soon, and possibly the work of Adley and Campbell. That's greater than should they keep their clubs up, all lips and butts, of course. But should they do? For me. Don't know what you two think. That's greater than what Cowley and Lowe achieved. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. Yeah. In the situation those clubs are in when they took over and all the rest of it, I'm, I'm totally with you. Keeping those two clubs afloat would be absolutely monumental. 
So we've reached the end of the EFL and Below show for another week. I've been Nile McCorn. Thanks for joining us here on the Manchester Football Social. From the Football Man Cave, we've had Aaron Benson. Thank you very much. And we've had Nile McCorn also. Oh, hey, there we go. Cheers, man. Nice hey. little reciprocation. Enjoy that. <laughs> Ian, nice to have you as well. Thanks for joining us as yes, always. Yes, it's been a pleasure. As always. As always. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you listening. So make sure you subscribe to the show. It's the EFL and Below show. Leave us a nice little review as well. If you like Manchester City or Manchester United, we don't talk the Prawn Sandwich Brigade on this show. But if you do have a shining towards either of those Premier League sides, all you need to do is search Manchester City Football Social wherever you find your podcast for the Blue Moon Rising show dedicated to all things MCFC. And if you're a United nut, just do the same thing. Search Manchester United Football Social wherever you get your podcasts and you'll hear every thing from the full-time devil's boys but that's all for now we'll catch up with you next time on the efl and below show manchester football social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market